Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Had a few people send me a story. It's an update on that Arizona law regarding whether you can uh, film the police while they're on duty. Uh, Judge grants injunction to halt Arizona's new law restricting police videos. This is from 12newsnow.com. So a judge has temporarily blocked the uh, implementation of the law in Arizona, which had restricted your ability to film the police. And what they had done was put a limit on the distance. So you couldn't get too close to a police officer to film him or her. You could do it from a distance back. And the question is, what distance would be fair? So we'll talk about that in just a second. But first, to the story, several news organizations filed lawsuits against state officials to stop them from enforcing House Bill 2319, which limited how close citizens could get to film police officers. A federal judge granted an injunction to halt the enforcement of the new state law that restricts how citizens can record interactions with police officers. And again, keep in mind, we're talking about two different things here. If I'm speaking to a police officer and I pull out a camera and film the interaction, that's one thing. If I'm speaking to a police officer and another person comes along and films what we're doing, that's a slightly different thing. And I don't know that anybody has raised the point and said, you can't film the police officer because obviously the police officer can film you. That is why you're talking to the police officer. They've got body cameras on quite often, quite often. So it's a controversial bill signed by the governor back in July, made it illegal to knowingly film police officers from eight feet or closer without the officer's permission. So a lot of people, Steve, police officers standing there and you walk up and it looks to you like it's about eight feet. So you start filming. Cop steps towards you and says, what are you doing? And he's now within eight feet of you. So you are now breaking the law. That's an interesting point. So you step back eight feet again. And he says, I asked you a question. And he steps forward. (laughs) So that, of course, is one issue. Of course, you could go to court if they were to charge you with that and say, I was eight feet away and he stepped towards me. And so by him doing that, it would seem unfair to then charge me with a crime. But I know what you're going to say, Steve. They would do that and charge you with the crime. I understand that. So it's a controversial bill. Said you had to be eight feet away. Uh, and if you got any closer, you needed the officer's permission. Or, or it would be charged as a Class 3 misdemeanor. House Bill 2319 allowed citizens subjected to a traffic stop to record their interactions with police as long as they weren't interfering with lawful police actions. Now, I wonder if it was limited to just traffic stops. Because if you were walking down the street one day, just walking down the street, police officer walks up to you and starts interacting with you. It's not a traffic stop. Seems to me you should be allowed to record that. The ACLU also filed a lawsuit against state officials to stop them from enforcing the law, arguing that it infringes upon the First Amendment rights of citizens and journalists. And many people will say, Steve, by the way, We don't need to make that distinction between citizens and journalists. It's not like journalists are licensed by the federal government. Do you have your journalist's license? And uh, I have a question because a lot of stuff you see in the news nowadays is shot by just regular people who are not television reporters uh, and so on. And so if you shoot something with your phone that's newsworthy, guess what? It's, It's news. You just made some news. You just created some news content? Congratulations, you're a journalist. I still question whether I'm a journalist. I've had people say, Steve, you are. So if you want to believe that, go right ahead. 
12 news and several other news outlets were listed as plaintiffs in the case. So 12 news stepped up and said, we want in on this one. On Friday, a judge granted the plaintiff's preliminary injunction to stop the law from taking effect so that its merits could be further debated in court. Now, the law wasn't scheduled to go into effect until September 24th. So it had a little ways down the road before it came in. But as of right now, it's been blocked temporarily. The ACLU wrote, we're glad to see the court take action to stop it from going into effect. The judge has additionally set a deadline of September 16th for anyone who wants to defend the law to step up. So that's an interesting kind of you know call to action there. Arizona Attorney General's Office and Maricopa County officials have already notified the court they're not interested in defending the bill. It's according to the Arizona Mirror. So the law got passed by the powers that be. Then federal court says, this appears to me to at least fall into a gray area we need to study, going to temporarily block the law. Who wants to defend this law? Well, the attorney general's office said no. And they, of course, are the, in theory, attorney for the state. And the Maricopa County officials have also said, not interested. So it makes you wonder if anybody's going to step up or this just might turn into kind of like a default, uh, uh, just a forfeit, where the other side shows up and says, hey, we're ready to play. Where's the other team? Oh, they're not here. Does anybody want to play? Nah, nah. <laughs> Plaintiffs in the case argued that HB 2319 was an unnecessary law and introduced problems for journalists trying to cover important cases. If a reporter is in a crowd taking video of a protest and a police officer walks towards the reporter, breaching the eight-foot distance while the reporter is unable to move further away, that reporter might be arrested, the ACLU wrote in their court filings, giving the example that many people had said that, of course, the eight-feet thing only works if both people remain stationary and are observant of it. Uh, Republican lawmakers who supported the legislation have said HB 2319 was needed to protect officers from people who have sinister motives. Sinister motives. <laughs> now, the word sinister is not in quotes. I don't know if that's a direct quote of a word somebody used, but saying that people with cameras who are recording things have sinister motives might be a little bit of a stretch. And I am just simply going to talk about this now because I am an attorney in the state of Michigan. And um, it's important to understand all of the possibilities in any situation. So it looks to me like this is going to get struck down simply by the fact that no one's going to step up to defend it, which I find unusual. You'd think that somebody could step up and say, hey, at least you know, we believe in this, we're going to step up and do this. But, but getting back to the original point is that if this gets struck down, we get back to the status quo, which is people can record things they see on the streets. And we have had some instances in our lifetime where things were recorded by bystanders that if they hadn't been recorded, nobody would have believed them. And because they were recorded, they were preserved and they were shown to other people. The public got to see things that they otherwise would not have seen. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. So I think it's a generally good thing that there are cameras everywhere in the sense of there's police officers out there, there's people out there, just regular people, and stuff happens, interactions between those two groups of people. And I think 
that one of the best things is transparency for everyone to see what's happening, at least on things that people have a right to know about. So obviously, I'm not suggesting that you should be able to like hide a camera in a changing booth at, at the clothing store at the mall. Uh, I'm not talking about you know eavesdropping on people inside their homes. I'm talking about just people wandering about the public square and the fact that people can film there and, and preserve it and show it to other people is extremely important. I can tell you with utter certainty that in the 1950s and 1940s, things happened in public that people knew were not being recorded. No one was going to see it who wasn't there. And so things were done that were probably shocking to the conscience. And when people came forward and said, you wouldn't believe what happened. Other people go, no way. You talk to other people, ah, it didn't happen. They're making that up. Making that up. And I'm not saying the 50s and 40s were particularly different than the 30s or 20s. I'm just pointing out that if you go back to a time before we had portable motion picture recording devices. So there's that. But on the flip side, you do have to understand. I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Please do not argue with the facts of my hypothetical. I'm simply pointing out that I can come up with a hypothetical that most people say, oh, I can understand that being a problem. So let's suppose I am walking down the street. I am a citizen journalist with a phone. Walking down the street, and I see a police officer pull over a car. And I go, hey, news is happening. And I turn my camera on. I start recording. I record, by the way, landscape, not portrait. I'm one of the ones that gets it right. I do it landscape. So I'm, I'm recording it landscape. And I realize I can't quite get both the people in the shot. I can't quite hear what they're saying either. I'm not sure my phone's picking it up. So I walk around the other side of the car. And, of course, the car's on the side of the road. So now I'm on the traffic side of the cars. The police officer goes, excuse me, sir, you need to step back. Uh, you're in traffic, among other things. And now you're standing behind the person I'm speaking to. I'm concerned for their safety as well as yours. And I don't want you interfering with what we're doing here because I'm giving this person a field sobriety test. Let's assume that's what's happening. So a uh, police officer is giving a driver a field sobriety test. And you've come along with your camera, or I have, and you're filming this, okay? Police officer goes, if you want to, you can stand on the sidewalk. Or... Over there, over there. But please, don't come out the road. Don't go behind me. Don't go behind them. Okay? Just just stand. Cars are here. Stand right here. Shoot between the two cars. You can see us both. And, you know, I don't think my microphone's picking you up quite right. So, again, this is me. I walk around, ignoring the police officer's instructions, and I step between them. And when the police officer talks, I put the camera in his face so I can record what he's saying. And then I turn to the person who's being tested and I stick the camera in their face. Now, I know you're going to say, you're going to say, Steve, that's ridiculous. Oh, of course it's ridiculous. I'm giving you a ridiculous hypothetical for a reason. Always remember that in a range of things, of a spectrum, right, there's the stuff on the one end, there's the stuff on the other end, and much of life happens in the middle. But you have to ask yourself where these edges are, where the ends of the spectrum are, right? So if I wanted to, I could drive a county away and point the cell phone in that general direction and I would get nothing. I would get nothing. I could, however, step between the two people and get everything, right? 
But of course, now I am keeping the police officer from doing his job, and I'm keeping the driver from happening, you know, having anything happen. And I am at this point interfering with these transactions. Now I know you're going to say this to Steve. Everyone knows that's wrong. Oh, I don't know about that. But second of all, what do I have to do to dial that back just enough to make it legal? So if I step between the two cars, so I'm not in the road, step between the two cars, and the police officer's here, and the person that they're giving the field sobriety watch the pen trick test to, they're, 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 they're literally arm's length apart. So, so police officer, driver, and he's doing the pen thing right in front of his face. And I put my camera right here, right here. So I'm in the field of vision of the person who's getting a test that measures something with their eyes. Is that too close? Okay, one foot back. Is that too close? Two feet back. Is that too close? And so I'm not defending this law because the law has a problem, which I agree with the federal court on. To simply say we're going to draw an eight-foot radius around the police officer and say if you you breach that radius, you break the law. That's wrong for a variety of reasons, not the least of which, why not nine feet? Why not seven feet? Why was eight feet picked? And I had said when I covered this originally is that there's a good chance that they were basically looking at what we call the wingspan of a person, fingertip to fingertip. And on a person who's six feet tall, it's roughly six feet. So if we make it eight feet, it becomes a distance where if you were to reach out towards me and I reached out towards you, we still wouldn't be touching each other. I don't know if that's where they came up with that, but that's that's a logical explanation for it. But why eight feet? And if a law has something random put in there, like a number, just eight, why eight? Why not three meters? You know, um, you have to ask why they put it there. But the other problem is eight feet measured from the police officer who might be moving. So if the police officer is walking towards you and you want to keep filming him, do you have to walk backwards holding your camera or do you have to step to the side and hope that he doesn't step to the side? So there are all kinds of problems with the law that simply has these basic rules like this and pretends that this is like, you know, a game of football or something where referees can come out and measure something with sticks and go, oh yeah, you know, this is legal, this is not legal. It's not how it works. So there is a problem with it. I'm glad they struck it down and I hope it stays struck down, but I can see where someone's going to come along and and try to codify this a little more closely because the problem that we have, and some people don't understand this, right now without this law, you have a situation where police will often say, if you don't step away further from me, I'm going to charge you, you know, arrest you and charge you with interfering with my duties. And a police officer has duties. He's out there performing his job. And if somebody interferes with that, then they can get arrested. The question is, what constitutes interference? And so that statute is even broader in terms of what a police officer can say, that person was interfering with my duties. What if the person doesn't have a camera, but they simply walk up and start talking to the person who's getting the field sobriety test? What if they walk up and start yelling at them? 
you know? So you can understand that if, if there was a law that was clear as to how you could or could not do this, that might help people. But then the bigger question is, could they draft such a law? And I'm not sure. So remember, my job as an attorney is to look at the law, try to understand the law, explain it to people, and apply it to situations. But I don't draft the laws. That's the legislator's job. So I'm not sure that there's a way to fix this. I don't, I don't know that there is. But as of right now, a federal judge has temporarily blocked the law and said, we'll have a hearing on it as soon as somebody steps up who's willing to defend it. <laughs> and amazingly, the state attorney general's office has said, eh, not us. And the Maricopa County officials likewise have said, mm, it's not our job. So it might just go away based on that injunction uh, and a judge saying, well, I guess you guys win by forfeit, which, you know, it's a win is a win. <laughs> so Judge Grant's injunction halt Arizona's new law restricting police videos from 12news.com. And 12news, by the way, was one of the organizations signed on as a plaintiff in this case. Andrew, Newt, and Jason all sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions, comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Everything flows and nothing abides.